Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. And this is Season 2, Episode 14. And a beautiful spring day. We're recording on a Monday, the 30th of March. And we're all here. Scott is over in Newton. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Todd? Oh, wonderful. Aaron Stecker is uh, over in uh, Cedar Rapids. How are you? We're here in the, in the 319. Good to see you guys again today. Absolutely. So crazy spring day. I mean, obviously, yeah, everyone's shut up. We were supposed to have our first home track meet today. Imagine how beautiful that would have been. Yeah, that would have been gorgeous. 65 degrees, the sun's starting to go down now. and No, no wind. No, it's just a perfect day. Perfect track day. You could go 10 track seasons and never have a day like this for your meet. No, <laughs> last year it got snowed out. Yeah. And they kind of scooped the track for it, and they did on Tuesday because the sun came out and it kind of melted. But, um, yeah, last year it snowed on this day, wow. two, three, four yeah. inches, whatever it was. Wow. Yeah. So, well, hey, well, we're going to move on. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, this is going to be kind of a, a leadership wrap-up of the John Maxwell Summit that he did, his three-day summit. Uh, we're going to tackle that and just put a lot of leadership stuff out there today. Uh, but, Aaron, uh, you're going to talk about our sponsor. Well, hey, guys, great to join you guys here again. Are, are you guys an AD? who's interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful? Are you looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games? Well, we suggest you take a look at Hometown Ticketing. They've been great partners with the Beyond the Bench group so far, and we know they can do great things for you. They provide schools with everything needed to offer professional level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket buying experience that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember yet another password, or download the app. For, for individual game tickets to customize season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is it doesn't cost your school or program anything to get started. So check out our friends at hashtag own your own ticketing with hometown ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN sports. I kind of feel like we need to do a little jingle or something. Like have a little, you know. Yeah, Nate, if you're listening to this, tell us what, what's your favorite uh, rock and roll song. We'll kind of we'll get that in there. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do some harmonies. <laughs> yeah. As we uh, start to upgrade our equipment, we may be able to, to do some of that. Some mixing. Some of us songwriters, maybe we could uh, write a jingle for hometown. There you go. Hey, they can have some. Uh, they can have like some walk-up music. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it's legal in podcasts, illegal in the state of Iowa for baseball and softball. Well, until you get to the state tournament. Oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I, Gene? Tom, I did not say that out loud. <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Um, I talked to Nate last week, and, boy, they are – they're after it, man. They're trying to be out in front of this thing, and uh, they're thinking ahead. So uh, give them a call. They've, uh, they'd be happy to talk with you, and we're looking forward to being a part, partner with them here in Greene County coming up. All right, well, let's do a what's up. Uh, Got to be something up. Scott? Well, like I told you guys before the show, I – I went outside this afternoon, had a bunch of meetings this morning, and then went outside and, 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 and basked in the sunshine. 
and cut down a few trees in our backyard that needed to come down or they were going to come down whether I cut them down or not. So uh, we got those down before they ended up in our living room. Uh, so that was a, it was just a nice day to be outside, as you guys know. Now, Scott, can I ask, were you weighing the options? Do I need a new roof? Do I need new windows? Yes. This uh, or do I go time. take it down the safe way? We, we actually got a tow rope. It looked pretty sketchy. My brother and I were out there. We climbed up on the house and then we put the tow rope around the tree and then we pulled it so that it didn't come down on the house. Because <laughs> I mean, literally one of them was like, you know, a couple feet away from the house. So we pulled it away from the house. And of course, it was like Keystone Cops. Oh, I, mean, I it can. Was, uh, it was scary. I can only imagine. Yes. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, at least it's not on the house. That's right. Choice. Jane was out there making sure we did everything uh, correctly. Good to have spotted. Yeah, yeah, she was our supervisor today. Yeah. It's like a city crew. Right, yeah. Well, uh, for me, um, I probably would have taken Aaron's, but I won't since he wrote it down first. <laughs> I'll let him uh, have that. But that's, a, that's a good one. I think for me, one of the things that just struck me uh, this past week, I'm just really proud of our coaches and our directors. Um, you know, we have asked them to do some things outside of their box. And, boy, they've responded. Uh, and I've just been super proud of them. I think it, it's one of those things that's probably, probably solidified us as a staff. And I think it probably has you guys, too. Because I think we've all just kind of pitched in and done what's the best thing for kids. Yeah. And uh, I'm just proud of them for stepping up and uh, doing their part, reaching out to their kids and making sure they're taken care of. Yeah. And I've heard it more than once. I've heard, you know, you ask them to do a video or the quote wasn't so bad, but to do it, oh, well, that's outside my comfort zone. Yeah. I said, good. Yeah. It needs to be outside your comfort zone because that's where you're going to grow. That's where you're going to, it's just where, it's where the magic happens. And, uh, those so I think really it, cool. it's going to be a growth, a growth thing for them where they figure out, you know, it's okay to take a risk. Yep. And um, it's good for our kids to see that too. Cause we got a bunch of kids that don't take, they don't want to be outside that comfort zone. So uh, yeah. hoping we can get them to do that too, a little bit more. Yeah. Well, Todd, you can go ahead and mention mine. Cause I was probably going to mention that on the side too. Cause you know me, I can't just have one thing. I got to have two. So you can talk about your, your view from your office. That's all right. Yeah, my wife's jealous, actually. She wants to switch now all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. She's been, she's been in a spare bedroom, and, uh, you know, my wife has worked at home for, boy, what's this going on, eight years now since we left trainer. And uh, she's always – she's at a home office, still works for the bank back there. And uh, all of a sudden, she wants my office. I've got – I'm on our four-season porch, and – Got windows all around me and the slider and can see the outside. And she's still back in her bedroom, uh, <laughs> which is her office, one of our spare bedrooms. So, but I'm not switching. I like it. Yeah. She could have picked there first. She absolutely, well, yeah, she could have. We've kind of moved things around, but yeah, she's back okay. where she is. But, all right. Yeah. I'll let you, I'll let you have that discussion with, with Deb. Thank you. That helps a lot. No problem. <laughs> uh, all so right, Aaron, what do you got? Well, I, I will mention quick, I've, my coaches have really done a nice job, those that have, that have stepped up and done some videos, and, and I'm proud of them, because it's, it's funny, they all do comment after they post their video, um, how difficult they found that to just be them, you know, be by themselves on a camera and talk to the camera and, and, uh, and know that's going to go out there. So it's been difficult, but I'm super proud of my coaches with that. And I, and I have to say, I'm, I'm not going back to the office. This teleworking thing, is going to work for me because I've been begging for a window for 13 years. I haven't had one. I got one now and I ain't going back. So it's we nice to have. Aaron, I've loved your coaches. Uh, I love the way that you had them use your, um, uh -huh. you know, every letter. And that, that's been really, really cool. That's. Well, I stole the idea from you, Scott. So I'm going to say kudos to you on that in terms of trying to get, you know, how do you get your message out? And I, I, I 
I saw what you were doing with your quotes from your coaches and some of your things. And I just had the discussion with a couple of my coaches saying, Hey, this is a time for us to sell our message, sell our vision. Mm -hmm. um, people are probably listening now more than they ever will be to this stuff. Yep. And so how can we use this time uh, to, to grow the understanding of what it is we're trying to accomplish. So super excited about that. My coaches are, are involved with that. That's been really good. Well, we are a week past now, you know, John Maxwell, we're going to dive right in because we got a lot of stuff. And if, if you're out there and you're not driving and you're sitting and listening, you might want to grab a notepad uh, because there's a lot of stuff we're probably going to talk about. Um, John Maxwell last Sunday, Monday and Tuesday held a free leading through crisis summit is what he called it. And uh, three days, a little over an hour, where it was just John Maxwell talking to upwards to ten to 15,000 people at a time. Well, he had um, 250,000 on day one. Yeah. I thought yeah I by the time people watched it, um, after it was posted to his Facebook yeah. page, you know, um, and it's still out there. For those that want to watch it, just go to John Maxwell Facebook page and uh, those three days are there, and they're they're fantastic. Uh, they really are. Just a lot. Get a fresh pen and get a lot of paper because if you like, <laughs> yeah. if you're like us, you can take a lot of notes. Um, but it, it's worth watching for sure. Um, you know, here's a guy who really started with nothing and didn't like to speak, wasn't a good speaker, but then found his passion and then it's turned into this. What I thought was so cool was at the end of it, um, I think it was day three, when he got emotional. You know, he got emotional and, and uh, just, you could tell, was visibly, you know, saying, we're going to get through this. And uh, so that was, it's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, we're going we're gonna to go through day by day. Uh, we all took a day and kind of did some highlights and we'll kind of talk through it. And so Scott's going to lead us through uh, his thoughts on day one, and then we'll we'll talk through that as well. So Scott, go ahead and start us off with day one of John Maxwell's Leading Through Crisis Summit. Well, I thought, um, you know, for me, uh, one of the things I really took away from that was the when he talked about our intentional leadership time. Um, that was um, really good. Um, and I'm just going to start off with a couple questions for you guys because. He posed some questions while I was watching that really just stuck with me. And, and one of the quotes he made was, with perspective, every adversity comes with it, the seed of something great. So question, and I'll start out with you, Todd, if you're okay with that. What has been your seed during this time? What has been that thing that's just stuck with you and hopefully will stay with you as you, you know, as we get back to our new normal? I was thinking today because what I've seen is our coaches and directors be more intentional about communicating out with our kids through social media. Um, and I think that's one thing that should really continue. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've told them, and I, you know, I, I try to share something every day uh, with kids through social media. We have a mental performance Twitter account and Instagram account that I share too. And I, I want them to be involved in that too. So them doing the quotes that they've been doing daily um, is something that I've shared on the mental performance. Yep. And um, it's something I hope we can continue. So I hope more than anything, we just start to collaborate on this. And it's just not my voice yeah. uh, putting stuff out there on social media, my quotes, my thoughts. I want their thoughts to be there. The other thing, um, which I hope we can continue, is just a video message. It might not be every day, but maybe once sure. a week when we start getting back to whatever new normal looks like, yep. maybe once a week, um, you know, a coach is responsible for posting something or getting me a video I can post on Instagram or Facebook. Here's the thought of the week, Rams, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, here's something we can really work on this week. So mm -hmm. I hope by driving them out of their comfort zone in this time, Yep. They'll figure out that's an okay place to hang out, yeah. and they'll do it more often. Yeah. yeah. How about for you, Aaron? Um, 
I guess you asked that question. I think two, two words are coming to mind for me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the first of those, I, well, maybe, maybe three. Um, but I guess I'll say gratitude mm -hmm. would be a, a word that comes to mind. Uh, and I guess I, I link that with appreciation. Um, I think we take things for granted. We take, uh, we take our day-to-day -day routine uh, and let it wear on us and grind on us and, and see the negative in it versus um, taking time to see the positive in it. And, and I, I see so many messages out there right now, you know, pictures of the school, pictures of a basketball court, pictures of a volleyball court, um, pictures of teams and teammates and, and, and organizations and groups that are schools with just a simple, I miss you guys. Uh, were those types of um, expressions being shared a month ago, two months ago, four months ago, or do we just always assume one, they knew, or two, we didn't appreciate it enough um, to share that message of how much we appreciate one another, how much we need to connect would be the second word with one another. Um, so I guess gratitude and connection are, are two seeds I hope uh, stick. Uh, with us when we, we go back that we really do need to make sure we're taking time to appreciate one another and what we get to do together yep. um, and, and then not take it for granted uh, but rather um, embrace that connection and find ways to keep getting deeper with it yeah so yeah I was I, I just I kind of felt like uh, when they started about talking about getting in the in the you know being comfortable being on or being comfortable being uncomfortable um, I always feel like as ADs, we're in uncomfortable a lot and we kind of live there and sometimes we kind of get stuck in that rut because it's sometimes it's hard to see the positive things that are going around us because we're so just, um, we're kind of almost just got blinders on at times of we're just dealing with the day to day and it's hard to kind of have time to reflect and that's been one thing for me, um, just having the time to go on these Zoom meetings with ADs across the country. Um, you know, I, it, it made me realize how important this time with you two is every, and I hope other ADs feel that way too. But um, just to have time to reflect and also just to have the time to grow. And so I think that's one thing for me that's really, um, really come to fruition for me is just that a time of reflecting and having time to do that and making time to do it because I know that sometimes I don't always do a good job at that. Um, so my second question was, and this is something he talked about was really meaningful, is he really talked about success and failure and how we need to bring those together because um, success is filled with failures and wisdom comes from failure and adversity. And we've come upon this time where we're having a lot of adversity and we got a lot of our coaches and kids are facing um, you know, a, a lot of adversity at this time. So um, he kind of talked about flops, failures, and fumbles. Oof. So tell me about a time, Todd, where you you failed. You go what first. Did you, and what did you learn from it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably doesn't count, but we're talking about day two now. And you, Aaron should be talking about day one. So well, I, I failed in producing this show. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's all right. Thing. We're, we're going out of order. So uh we're summarizing day two at this point so i failed at my producership tonight yeah todd i wasn't i was just gonna oh. roll and nobody was gonna, oh. nobody would have even known man oh. so what do you learn from that right now todd <laughs> full disclosure full disclosure <laughs> and look at my notes a little bit more is what i'm learning that uh. oh boy um i think i've probably learned this probably from my previous two visits, probably especially my previous one at Roosevelt. I think I went in there and tried to do too much too quick. Yeah. I tried to have, I tried to get everything going like in the first six months. Yeah. Um, uh, part of it was I wanted to catch them up to where they just had, they hadn't been doing a whole lot, any, you know, social media, with coaches, you know, just none of that. And, and with students, you know, I, I rushed in a student uh, leadership program the first year without really looking at how the school operated and what might be the best time, and it failed. 
um, because I didn't have a good time where kids could get there. Yeah. Um, and I think when I came here, I knew I couldn't do everything at once, so I tried to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started some student leadership, mental performance stuff in the second semester, and we adjusted that kind of as we went through. <coughs> Excuse me, our trimester. We were in trimesters. Um, on the advice of one of our coaches who said, hey, maybe we should try this time. And uh, so we did, and that's gonna work a lot better. Uh, you know, whenever we come back and we start it up again, whether it's just next year now we start it, but um, I think I've learned to take my time to prioritize more mm-hmm. and not try to do everything at once. Um, the, you know, there's stuff that I can do next year. I've, I've basically tried to create a five-year plan um and try to work that five-year plan to where we'll be adding some new things every year yeah. and not try to do it on six months or a year yeah good stuff how about you aaron don't tell me i didn't take long enough aaron you gotta go <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys think of those like rolodex things you used to have on your desk with all your contact cards and stuff in it well, I got a Rolodex of all my mistakes I've made, and it takes me time to flip through that to find the right one to share right now. Right. It sounded um, like a fan was going off somewhere. Is that what that sounded like? That's what it sounded like. That must have been your Rolodex in your head. <laughs> yeah, it just kept spinning that, baby. There we go. No, no, not that. No, no, not that one. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I could go a lot of directions on this. I, I Maybe I'm going to – it's not a specific – mistake or failure um mm-hmm. i think it's been a gradual learning curve for me uh one of my faults is i'm a fixer I, i'm not good at it but i try to be one um a, if a parent comes to me with an issue i want to fix it if a coach comes to me with an issue i want to fix it if a kid or a student athlete or a student comes to me and with an issue i want to fix it yeah. um and i did that a lot early on and i know i burnt some bridges um, because I wasn't, I didn't understand that while I might want to fix it to make them feel better immediately, because mm-hmm. um, I just hated the idea of somebody walking out of my office and not feeling better, um, and it was hard for me to manage, and so I tried to fix things, I'd say things, or, and, and I had to learn that um, there's, there's always another side of the story, there's always more information I have to gather, um, and I need to be patient and have think time uh before i try to solve the issue um well i think we live in a pretty fast-paced job than ad if i think of the of all the administrative jobs in a high school building i still i do think ours is the fastest pace mm-hmm. and the more uh the immediacy of now rests more on our shoulders than it does the other administrators there's still very few things at least that walk in the office door that are i gotta fix it right now and i've mm-hmm. learned patience uh, and I've learned patience from a series of burnt bridges and having to repair relationships with a coach because they felt like I undermined them or repair relationships with a parent because they felt like I lied to them and had to come back and say, well, now, wait a minute. That Remember what I said we would do? I can't do that because I found out more stuff. And so I think uh, having to fix and repair those situations over time has given me more patience. And I, I've learned, I've had to learn to deal with that kid might walk out of my office a little ticked off still because they don't think I'm listening to him or that parent might be going up the food chain because they don't think I'm helping them. They can't be patient and let me wait. So I think that's probably a, a, a system failure I was having early on that I feel like I'm getting better at with more time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, one of my probably biggest failures, honestly, is just being an AD and trying to do like, and probably having some of the same, you know, thoughts that you guys just shared, but then, just not spending enough time with my family. Um, I, I think back to when I was at Burnsville and, you know, we just had Alex, my second, and my, I mean, I'd feel bad. My wife pretty much that whole time we were in Burnsville, she was, she was the, you know, she took care of everything. And because uh, I was working seven days a week, you know, at a school with over 3,000 students and it's Scott Jarvis and a half a secretary. And, um, as I look back, I just missed out on a lot of stuff. 
and I think maybe just this time right now, because I'm home, working from home, I see, you know, how much I miss and it, you know, it kind of makes you feel kind of crappy, honestly. Um, but uh, so I, again, I have, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be able to be married to any other woman probably other than my wife, because I don't know that any other woman would have dealt with me. So I think that's probably my biggest failure and just not being there enough for my family um, because I was, you know, so focused on being a good athletic director. I probably missed the boat on and being a good dad too, um, which is unfortunate. And uh, hopefully I'll be smart enough to fig figure this out before my daughters leave. And I was just talking to my son yesterday and I told him, I was like, man, Grant, I'm really sorry. I should have been around for you more. And uh, he's like, oh, dad, we're, we're good, dad. We're cool. <laughs> the answer we're, I get too. We're good. Yeah, yeah we're good. And then maybe he's like, well, I'm glad you weren't home. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's mine. Uh, but I just really thought through the time that we, I watched that, I just got a lot of good stuff. And I'll just finish off with this final thought. And I thought that this was a really good um, thought from, from Maxwell was just the, and I, oops, I'm sorry. I was the six um, kind of intentional leadership times that he talked about. And Aaron, you talked about the think time already, um, but he talked about personal time. And just in this time that we've been home, just, being more engaged in my own professional development, actually getting to read a book, being a little bit more uh, focused on getting exercise in. Because uh, I think since I've gotten to Centennial, I've put on about 25 pounds, unfortunately. That's <laughs> because of the cake um, auction. That dang cake auction got me, man. <laughs> uh, you know, but just that personal time and then family time, it's been great to be home, getting to play volleyball with the girls, go on walks, play soccer with the girls. Um, and just then catch up time, which he talked about. And I just think about the Zoom meetings we've had, um, was able to dig a little bit deeper into our three-dimensional coaching, um, professional development, and actually been able to get on a few calls with Rob Miller from Proactive Coaching. We're going to do a Zoom uh, PD um, April 10th with our coaches um, and just be able to collaborate a little bit more, which I really enjoy. And then just that adding value time. Um, being more diligent about reaching out and just encouraging people, telling them thank you. And Aaron, you talked about just that gratitude piece, which is, you know, we need to do that. I need to do that. I was really good about writing the letters to kids. I just need to do more of that. Um, and then just take time um, and trust and hope and that gratitude and just really for everything they've done for me because I would not be where I'm at without a whole lot of people that have lifted me up at many times in my career, you two included. Um, just having people around me that are great people that speak greatness into me and then me, you know, reciprocating that and speaking greatness into others. Um, and then just, Aaron, you talked about a little bit of that thinking time. Um, and he talked about, you know, during this time, I uh, asked three questions and one was how you make this uh, this crisis time, how would this make you a better person? And that really made me think about the reflection and how I use this time to reach or to help others and just really reaching out. And, you know, actually my video stuff came from me thinking about how could we better reach out to our kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of the I'm doing was really listening to John and saying, okay, what can we do to connect with our coaches, our kids, our community as a whole? Because um, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff that we're taking away from kids right now. And it's unfortunate because I know how hard they work and I know how hard our coaches work. And it's just really tough to, it's disappointing and frustrating at the same time. And then the last question was, what action will I take to improve my situation? And I just keep thinking about that gift of time um, that, you know, we always, we only get so much. So that was, that was that. I, Probably went longer than I probably should have, so I apologize for that. Oh, not at all. Um, because Aaron Stecker's next, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to add one thing to that, Scott. That, that was great, and I, I'm glad you asked us those questions. Those were great to reflect on, and those struck me, too. I think that's something 
those questions, you know, you know, tell me about your biggest failure. Yeah. Uh, um, or things we can use with our coaches. Uh, right. When we're just being real and authentic uh, with them. And, uh, you know, we would share first. But uh, I think those are good things to just share with our, our team, people we're leading with. Yeah. Um, the one thing on, the, on that day, day two, which we yep. got off with, um, was when he talked about two kinds of people in a mm. crisis. Yeah. Um, you know, one asks, how long is this going to last? Right. And the second one is, the second person asks, how can I be better? Right. You know, how can I, what can I learn? What can I be better at? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're trying to do. Um, I think that's what we're trying to get our coaches to do. I think I see a lot of ADs doing that. So, yeah. you know, at the end of this whole thing, I think we got a lot of people asking the right questions and trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Yep. So now... Yeah, we're in the time machine and we're going to go from day two to day you one can edit, you can edit this right todd you can like just switch them around i'm not even going to try we're just living with it that's right so all right we're going to go to day one uh which was last sunday and uh aaron's going to take us through some thoughts on that um, and, and Scott, like you, I've got way more thoughts written down here in our notes than I know we have time for. But um, so day one was when he focused primarily just on leading through crisis um, and uh, how do you go about doing that? What kind of mindset you have to have um, to lead other people through a crisis? And then like what Scott was just talking about, what Todd will continue on is, is more than how do you take that, that adversity of the crisis and turn that into your advantage. But day one was about just ideas and thoughts on on how do you actually go about leading through um, a, a crisis? And he he talked to you know just initially he just talked about making sure you're doing things like focusing on people first, making sure you're using this time uh, to understand and educate yourself the right way so you can clearly communicate about a crisis. He talked about being flexible um, and and understanding that Plan A won't always work and what are B and C. And so he went through a lot of those things. Um, being authentic, managing yourself, leveraging your team. Um, but what really stuck with me from the day is he, he went through what he called his five comments about crisis. Um, and I think this was the, uh, for me, it was kind of setting the right mindset of take a deep breath so you can lead uh, rather than getting caught up uh, in the pace, I guess, that a lot of people want to set when a crisis hits, if that makes sense. Um, and so he talked about five things. I'll list the five things and we can just talk a bit about our thoughts on each one. So his five comments on crisis were, his first one was that crisis is common. Um, and I said, we'll dive into them here as we go. But first was crisis is common. His second comment about crisis was that crisis is distracting. His third was that crisis reveals what's inside us. His fourth comment was crisis reveals adaptability. And his fifth, uh, his fifth statement was that crisis is the, is the time that real leaders show up. So I just want to go through those five things and just share our thoughts. I, I maybe introduce it, but just you guys' takeaways in those areas or what that makes you think of. But his first one in this was crisis is common. And while every crisis is unique and different, and he, he went through, he talked about several of the crises that he's been engaged in as a, as a you know one of the nation's leaders when it comes to, to developing leadership um, you know things like um, in the 60s with the assassinations in the 70s with with Vietnam and the 80s with the economic crisis mm -hmm. and 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 90s with uh, uh, what did he talk about the 90s Enron was what stuck to mind just the kind of the corporate um, uh, unethical behavior so he talked through all these crises he's led through and he goes you always have a tendency in crisis to think it's never been this bad, or it, this, is, this crisis is different than they've all been. And while they're all unique, mm -hmm. uh, and it's important we don't minimize what the current state is, he also encourages you as a leader to be realistic. We've been in a crisis before, we've been through many crises before. In those moments, we didn't know exactly what to do, but we took a deep breath, stepped up and led, and we got through it. And I, and I think that as you focus on the next two days, then we got better because of them. Um, he talked about the idea that leaders always give the right perspective. It doesn't mean they always have all the right answers, 
but they give the right perspective. And those perspectives should come through things like providing hope, providing security, and providing encouragement for those people you influence and lead. This was interesting to me. When he talked about the definition of a crisis, and he, he looked at, he talked about what the dictionary definition of crisis was. He talked about what the Greek meaning of the word crisis was, and he talked about what the medical definition of crisis was. And he came up to this definition. I really thought this was cool. By combining those three definitions, he said a crisis is an intense time of difficulty, which was the, de the dictionary definition, requiring a decision, and I believe that was the Greek definition, mm -hmm. that will lead to a turning point. And he talked about a, in the medical profession, how you're in the middle of a medical crisis, you've got to, you, there's got to be a turning point in that, 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 that you, a decision you make that turns the tide and gets things going the right direction. In an intense uh, time of difficulty, requiring a decision that will lead to a turning point. And he talks about how you move forward from that. So um, other thoughts you guys have on that crisis is common uh, section or anything we talked about there? Yeah, I, I, what I really, the first thing you wrote down, kind of the first thing you talked about was he listed 12 crises that have happened since the year 2000. Yeah. You know, every year there was something. Um, and he listed all those. And so it makes you think, yeah, I mean, this, this stuff happens. And we've been through it before. Um, maybe not quite to this extent, but um, we've been through it before. And um, we'll be through it again. Uh, if it's happened 12 times, the 12 he listed, in the last uh, 18 years, then it'll it'll happen again. So um, I just the other thing that I wrote down too was that you know life is it's never static. We we don't have a static life. It's it's changing. Um, some days sometimes it's going to change more drastically, and that's kind of where we're at now. Um, but it's it, it's it's happened. And uh, now we, we just adjust and we adapt. And, and I think as athletic directors, we probably, our, our, our jobs kind of just put us in that mode a lot. We're always having to adapt if something happened, if something goes wrong. I just feel like, you know, again, we always know that there's going to be a, a period of time. It's always going to be rough and we get through it and we move on. Yep. Um. I like to talk on the, the, the words of Solomon. Um, you, you hear that same of this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And we hear that a lot, but I think you always hear it on the negative side of it, uh, with the negative side of crisis. I, I found it interesting. He also talked about that quote from a standpoint of when things are going really well, it's good to remember that statement yeah. too. And, and he <laughs> used the words that keeps you sober yeah. in the good times. Because yeah. um, the good times will pass as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So his second, uh, second comment was that crisis is distracting, and he spent some time talking about traction versus distraction. Mm -hmm. And he talked about you know, traction being defined as a pull forward, which is a positive type of momentum, where distraction is a pull away uh, or a negative momentum. And certainly when you're in the middle of, of crisis, um, things can be distracting. Uh, whether it can be the news reports or the, the press conferences or um, your, your email getting flooded with, are we going to have a spring season? Are we, and there's just a lot of questions coming at us and it can be very distracting and hard to, hard to focus. And he talked about the importance of gaining traction um, by controlling your mind wandering. Um, and then he spent a lot of time talking about, um, about uh, anxiety and anxiety being dominated by fear. Um, on that and so he and he said that that anxiety and that fear is born from focusing on things you can't control mm -hmm. and so he said step back when you start to feel anxious when you start to feel that fear and a crisis coming on step back from that and remember your controllable controllables what can you control in this crisis because um, if you spend your time focusing on things you can't control uh, in this crisis you're going to get distracted but to gain the traction get your footing to get moving forward again go back to your controllables uh, and find those and let that generate your response, not the things you can't control um, on that. And then he talked, to, I, I enjoyed this, 
a C.S. Lewis quote that he shared. Um, and I forget kind of the, I'm trying to remember kind of the backdrop on it, but it was a C.S. Lewis story he was telling. C.S. Lewis, Lewis's quote was this, um, if the crisis is going to be our demise, when it comes, let it find us doing sensible things. In other words, yes there's, a, yes, there's a crisis going on, and yes, there's a lot of stuff that we have to manage going on with this coronavirus right now, but, but um, let's be sure we keep our eye on the ball and focus on things we can control and do sensible things, not waste our time and energy on things we can't have an impact on or an influence on to begin with. And, yeah. and if, it, if it does, as he puts it, come to our demise, at least let's be doing the right things. Yeah. You made that quote, Aaron, um, back in 1948 with the atomic bomb. That's right. That was the story. That was, yep. Yep. Yeah. And I shared that little article that he wrote uh, last Tuesday in my Gordon leadership post. And all you can do is substitute coronavirus into where he says atomic bomb. Yeah. And it reads, you know, just like crisis. And uh, that's where he said, you know, let's, let's be, let's be sensible. So, um, again, it's happened before, and uh, that was it. I, the other thing that goes with that, too, I, I love this quote because I, I probably use it quite a bit. Just because your sky is falling doesn't mean mine has to, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. And, and it doesn't mean, we're not sharing that from a standpoint of, it doesn't mean you're not acutely aware. Not empathetic to what they're feeling. Yeah, or to people struggle with this. or right. but. It, but what it is, is, is an understanding, look, this is going on, whether it be an issue at a game, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, as big as this coronavirus crisis we're in right now or anything in between. Um, take a deep breath, control what you can control and gain traction moving forward to solve the problem. Don't get stuck in the minutia of a bunch of uncontrollable hysteria and fear and anxiety. Right. So uh, his third Topic or third comment was a crisis reveals what is inside us, and this whole section I think I was I was going to sum up and then see what you guys thought of it. Um, when he was talking through here, I kept thinking uh, with one of my leadership courses, um, we're, we're talking about the uh, the championship mindset wrapped around energy and effort, uh, and we talked about winning in the dark, and we talked about being willing to do mm -hmm. uh, do the things in the dark um, that that people don't see. And part of what I teach in that that session is a lot of people want to be considered gamers. The bright lights come in on Friday night and boy, I'm ready to perform. I'm ready to roll. And I try to remind our kids in those moments that the bright lights of Friday night are not going to cause you to rise up to some level of performance you've never been before. It's going to cause you to sink down to your preparation. Yeah. And I was thinking of that constantly through is that crisis reveals what's inside us and a crisis is going to reveal your character. It's going to reveal your experiences. It's going to reveal your wisdom. We've all made, as Scott, you asked us earlier about those questions, you know, when have you failed and what did you learn from it? He yeah. talks in here about show me your scars. Because yep. if you show me your scars, I'm going to show you um, the, the, the impact of mistakes you've made and, and times you've risked and failed but learned and now have the wisdom to guide people through this crisis and you have the character uh, that you need to lead people through it. So that's kind of what I was thinking about during this whole segment is that um, our experiences and what we've gone through before and the crises we've been a part of before now in this moment rise to the top and, and that's what's re being revealed in us as leaders. Yeah. I think uh, some of that too is like we always – you know, we're, none of us want to fail, but, you know, inevitably we all do. I was in World Health Organization and a gentleman was speaking and he basically said, we are so afraid to fail that we've completely missed the boat on why we fail and what we do to fail. And it's important for us to fail. So we learn from it and move forward. And, and now even in this time of crisis, everybody's so worried about failing when we're just like, hey, let's try something and do something knowing that it might not work but we got to do something yeah. but we're all just if we make the wrong decision there's all these dominoes that fall but kind of like what you were talking about earlier is just let's be seen doing sensible things let's do the right thing and if we fail even by doing the right thing then at least we failed with good intention and we wanted to do what's right mm -hmm. 
And one thing that stuck with me, he said too, was loss is wisdom acquired. Yep. Yep. And I think when we get to this, when, he, when he's talking about it, revealing what's inside you, I think all those times that we've, we've stepped up and tried, uh, whether we were successful or, or, or whether we failed miserably, um, now is when we lean on those experiences and the wisdom gained from those experiences and, and show up, um, which is what gets him into his, you know, that last, his last comment. Fourth comment is a crisis reveals adaptability. And he told a great story here about how it's, it's easy. You know, every coach goes into a game with a game plan. You know, you watch a game film, you practice all week, or you practice two or three days and you, and you know, their tendencies, you know what they do, you know, this is what we have to take away, you know, take away their best thing, make them go to their plan B and C. And everybody has that great game plan. Every coach has a great game plan going into the game. He says, but great coaches reveal themselves at halftime mm -hmm. because now you've gone out there, you've started to play the game and you've now seen the unknown. You've now seen how, well, how are they trying to react to you and how are they trying to get you out of your game? And now you've seen what's working, what's not working, how they're trying to get you off of your spot. And halftime is when great coaches get revealed. And I think he's, I think about a, a crisis like this right now, we're kind of absorbing information and we're taking everything in. We're, we're, we're in the first half mm -hmm. uh, right now. And now the trick is what are we going to learn from what's coming at us right now and go in at halftime and regroup and, and come up with a second and a half game plan that adapts and shows the flexibility to here's what we're getting hit with right now. How are we going to be better in the second half based on what we know now? You adjust to your current reality. Yeah. Our current reality is much different than it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Different than it was a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to adjust to it. And I shared that with our coaches and directors too. I said, this is reality. And now leaders adjust and you need to adjust. It's not going to be the same. It can't be the same. Yeah. If we come out of this the same, then we failed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he spent a lot of time talking throughout the three days about, you know, everybody talking, everybody's saying, Oh, I just can't wait till we can get back to normal. Um, normal isn't going to exist anymore. Right. Um, things will be done differently. What we're using right now, you know, we're talking on zoom um, and we've been talking on zoom left and right. And our kids are using zoom for education. He talked about this quite a bit. There'll be a shift in education mm -hmm. yeah. that we'll have to adjust to because there's going to be a group of, of, of students. He talked specifically about the college level um, that maybe, maybe learning online is better for me and it just hasn't been available. And now because of the crisis, it is. And so how are we going to be flexible and adapt to the new normal mm -hmm. um, and be better with it? So uh, crisis reveals adaptability. Yep. His, his fifth one was crisis is the, is the time that real leaders show up. He talked about three things. He talked about showing up early leaders go first leaders show the way the, uh, the whole time on his on his right as you're looking at it, there was a quote um, leaders know the way show the way and there was something else but it was, it was referring to this early piece be the first one to show up and be the first person to try something new and adapt and be the example for those you lead he talked about giving clarity he talked about crisis is going to create uncertainty uh, and, and uncertainty might mean we don't know all the answers, but what we can be certain of as leaders is that we're going to take action, positive action, and do the things we know we need to do to move forward. Might make mistakes, but then we'll learn from that. And we'll keep moving forward. But 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 our clarity needs to be in that we know some we we know the positive types of things that have to be done, um, and so we can move forward. And then he talked about providing hope, uh, really to show up and give hope. He had an interesting conversation here and I'm curious you guys' thoughts on it because I'm an optimism guy. It's one of our seven core skills. Talked about the difference between opt optimism and hope. And he talked to that optimism, um, sorry, I got to go back, back to my notes here. Said optimism is a belief that things will get better. Hope is a faith that together we can make things better. And he talked about optimism being passive. It's a hope that things will get better versus um, Hope uh, is a, a belief that we will, that we can make things better. It's more of a, a, an active, mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I, I think they kind of work together, but it was an interesting point he made, I guess, on that. And then the last thing he talked about is any crisis is like a three, two count in baseball. 
<laughs> the next pitch matters. Yeah. Um, and, and leaders understand that and, and they know they got to do something with that pitch. So. Another thing you said there too, you've got it down, is, um, is that a leader is in the crowd, but their head is above the crowd. Mm -hmm. So you're there, but you, you're, you're seeing above things. You're looking at things a little bit different way. Yeah, you think about that microscope versus telescope view. Right. Um, and you've got to be on the ground. Your people have to know you're there with them, going through it with them. But you've got to have that, tele that, that telescopic view from 30,000 feet of, of, I can see a bigger picture than you can see right now. And, and I'm going to help you get uh, to where I know you got to go, even though you can't see it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Another that quote you gave um, towards the end of day two was, no sailor ever distinguished himself on calm seas. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, this is where leaders and this, what we tried, you know, I think I mentioned it last week is the reason ADs need to be out in front of this is because this is what we do. We've done it as coaches. I've told our coaches that this is what you do. You adapt and you adjust and you lead through tough times. You lead in a tough game. You've done it all the time. And that's why we have to be out in front. Um, that's what sets us apart. And we're needed now. And uh, we need to show up and be there. So there's a longer uh, recap of day one. But, man, there's so much stuff in there. There is. Yeah. And then day three didn't get a whole lot shorter. <laughs> because he used the end of day two. Uh, to talk about his perspective principles and you know as you think about the crisis and getting clarity and and uh, what that does then it, it all came back he wrapped it up by talking about perspective and um, how we just have to have the proper perspective so again there were 11 things that he mentioned and um, we'll just kind of go through these and uh, you can stop me if something got to you, but the first one was that everything worthwhile is uphill. And I love this quote that he said, yeah, he put his arm up and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where we're going. Um, we have uphill hopes and downhill habits. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uphill hopes, downhill habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want the easy way. Yeah. The second thing he said in perspective is that there's always an answer. And he, he uh, mentioned how he, I, I didn't write down who it was, but um, he would go to ask this guy a question. The guy would say yes, before he basically got it out. And he would uh, say, why? He said, well, I just live on the other side of yes. <laughs> you know, you just believe there's going to be an answer. There's, there's an answer to the problem, and you just believe it. So that's how you approach it. The other thing he said in that when there's an answer, he said the greatest gap between successful and unsuccessful people is their thinking gap. That's mm -hmm. how we think. When, and when he talked about that, it's something I love. Sorry if, I'm not, if you're going to get there, I'm cutting you off, but I want to get to it first. Because um, he talked about the victor versus victim mentality. Mm -hmm. with that um and that that gap's created by if you're if you have a victor mentality of there's an answer we'll get through this versus a what was me i can't believe this is happening to me um that's what creates that gap yeah which which goes to the third one which is that all adversity helps you discover who you really are um i shared that with our coaches quite bluntly this week too i said we're going to see who the leaders are. We're going to see um, who you really are. This is this is a, a test, I guess you can take it. And uh, we want everybody to pass, but this this is going to kind of show, you know, what kind of leader leader you are, and uh, you're going to be able to show that to your kids. So, fourth, uh, he talked about this. Is probably the one we'll talk about the most. 
develop a positive life stance. He defined that as having, it's a consistent attitude on how you approach life. And he made four points. Uh, kind of stems around the fact that life is filled with good and bad. <coughs> Excuse me. And four thoughts on that. Life is filled with good and bad. Number one, some of each we can't control. And some of each, the second thing is, some of each is going to find you, both the good and the bad. Um, but the good and the bad will become better. The good can become better and the bad can become better if we have a positive attitude. If it's negative, the good and the bad will become worse. Pure and simple. So it's just that we have to develop a positive life stance. And, uh, you know, how we approach that. It, he talked about, you know, a couple principles as far as with people. And I had a conversation with somebody a couple nights ago um, who was having a tough time with some, some people. And this quote came back to me, and I kind of told him that as we were talking, was that people who devalue us cannot define our value. They don't get to define you. Uh, no matter what they say about you, no matter what they think about you, that does not define you, and we can't let them. And then the last thing he said about a positive life stance is that dreams can be birthed in the daily grind. Mm -hmm. I think that's important for our, our kids, our coaches to understand, is that uh, what seems so monotonous, what do we call it, Aaron, um, Monday, I can't even say the word. It's mundanity. Oh, the mundanity. Yes. Fall in love with the mundanity of work or preparation, whatever yep. that quote is we use in the mental performance. But yep. fall in love with the mundane. Yep. Because it's the daily grind where you have those dreams. And you have to believe that. Fifth uh, perspective principle was to feed your faith and to starve your fears or your doubt, either one. Feed your faith, starve your fears. And what you focus on is what's going to grow. Uh, the sixth perspective principle, realize that emotions influence motion. So if I feel an emotion, then that's going to prompt you to an action. So if I feel miserable, that's how I'm probably going to act. If I can feel positive and feel like I'm going to make a difference, then I can act that way. So emotion influences your motion. Uh, seventh is that today matters. You guys know I'm a big today guy and a moment guy. And today is what you got and today's what you have. So today matters. I love this statement. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, Aaron, we're either preparing or repairing. Yep. So we're either going to be doing something positive today where we're preparing something good, or we're going to screw up and we're going to mess up. And then the next day we got to go back and repair that. Mm -hmm. So we're either re preparing or repairing. <laughs> Think of how much energy we spend and time we spend repairing because we let emotions drive a negative action and, right. then, we go, and then we have to go fix it. Yep. Yeah. The eighth uh, principle was reflect instead of react to adversity. Kind of like what you just said. You know, if we react to the day, um, then we're probably going to do some repairing. Uh, so he said 90% of your emotions come from how you talk to yourself. Easier said than done. I know. <laughs> um, but how we talk to ourselves, you know, it comes back to the most important person we talk to every day is yourself. Um, I love this. Again, I, I believe this so much too, is don't leave I shoulds on the table. 
Mm -hmm. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's a bad place to hang out. Number nine, um, adversity helps us connect people. Uh, just be real, authentic. Um, I think that's, you know, one of the positives we're probably gaining from this. Uh, more than anything is we are connecting people uh, in ways that we never would have before. Uh, for us to have 100 and, well, we had 100 ADs on a Zoom call today from the state of Iowa and probably 40 or 50 more who went it on. Uh, great turnout. And uh, those listening from the state of Iowa, thank you, thank you, thank you. You showed your passion. Um, you showed your belief. And uh, that, was a, that was really exciting today to see our ADs show up. And uh, I was encouraged by that for sure. Number 10, uh, big picture. Be a big picture person. Always look for the big picture. Um, and then number 11, adversity just makes a person grow strong. You got to believe that. I love the analogy he made. He said, we are in the gym of adversity. He said, you walk into the gym and you see all the equipment. And here you are. You're just going to start working out. And if you look at all that equipment, you think, there's no way I can do all this. I can't do it. But the approach we have to take in the gym of adversity is that it may be bigger than I am right now, but I'm going to grow, I'm going to develop, and I'm going to get better. Like Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. You're right. That's right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, again, perspective, um, we're probably developing a lot of it right now. I think we touched on that real early, um, how this has probably helped us change our perspective on a lot of things. Yeah. So, uh, boy, a, really a good three days, uh, so much wisdom, and uh, hopefully we've just maybe passed on a little bit of that. Uh, but again, I think if you want to go watch it yourself and uh, dig a little deeper with it and hear him speak, because he obviously speaks a little better than we do, um, but it's on his Facebook page, John Maxwell Facebook page. All three of those days were there and uh, uh, worth diving into, I think, as well. So um, that was kind of our goal for, for today, uh, for this podcast, was just to talk some leadership. Um, maybe breathe a little life into some people and, and try to help some people get going and keep going. Um, probably because we need it more than anybody too. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've thrown so much. I, we don't have much of a closing thought um, except I just, again, I'm excited um, I'm excited for the opportunities that we have right now uh, to do some things outside the box. And uh, I think we'll be able to maybe have our coaches and directors on board with some of those things when things return, whatever that looks like. I would agree. I, uh, I, I'll go back to, you know, Scott, the original question of, um, or as we were, we were talking through this and, and what seeds uh, are being sown through this, through this crisis. And I, I really do Todd, to get to your point. I, I go back to the word connection. Um, what was that? That was his, his number, his ninth perspective principle there, but just helping us connect with people. Um, I, I, I don't want to say we've lost it. We just have forgotten about it. And I'm, and I'm the master of it. Um, you get so caught up in the minutia. I, I hope we come back from this thing and learn to connect with one another, take time to, to listen to stories and, and listen for hurts and listen for wisdom from other people who've been through this before. And they're going to give you nuggets that you need to get through your struggle and just get, just build that connection back up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scott, closing thought. Um, again, I, Aaron talked about it uh, before, but just, you know, let's be grateful for what we do have. I know we're, we got a lot of things that we don't have right now, but uh, let's be thankful for those around us, those who speak greatness into us each day. Um, you know, be thankful for the people we have around us because 
Um, I think without them right now, this would be even tougher time. So I just appreciate Todd and Aaron. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, it's been, this Beyond the Bench has been way more than a podcast for me. As you guys know, it's, uh, it's something I look forward to each week. And I'm glad I have the opportunity to just learn and listen from you two each week. So thank you. I appreciate you guys very much. Yeah, back at you, Scott. Yeah, appreciate it. I I think what this does for me is drives me. You guys just drive me forward, uh, and I hope that's what a lot of us will learn to will focus on is 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 connecting with things and people that drive us forward, help us gain traction in this, and and move towards uh, closer to who we're trying to become and who we want to become. So you guys do that for me. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate a lot. Um, well, hey, next week, little teaser. Gonna try and pull off a. Uh, Hold on! Uh, oh, <laughs> your role. Have you even got permission from 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 who we yeah, need? Yeah, I do. I got my wife on board. All right. All right. So here it is. Next week, <laughs> six in the studio. We're gonna have the wives on and talk to the wives about. Uh, it's gonna be interesting, folks. It will be. Uh, <laughs> All the real dirt's coming out next week. It could be for this podcast and beyond the bench history. Or yeah. the longest. Who knows? Can I plead the fifth a week ahead of time? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll All right. That That'll be fun. We, we're not going to ask for questions. I, I think we'll be able to. <laughs> no. No, no, no. And um, Angie Beamer's not allowed in the room. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ADs wives out there that I know will fuel that fire. We don't need fed. No. Well, probably a good thing we didn't record that one live at the convention. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Get yeah. their perspective on some things. Yeah. So anyway, hang on to that. That'll be next week. So. It's like the newlywed game. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get some of that some 1960s uh, game show music ready for next week. Uh -huh. You know what? That'd be the great lead-in. We'll do that. That's a great idea. Get some a couple newlywed questions. That's great. All right. Can they be about the fourteen, uh, thirteen, thirteen or fourteen legal liabilities of an AD? Let's see. <laughs> if they know? Uh, probably not. No, because you know what? They'll know them better than us. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you uh, again. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, hang in there. Have a great week. Remember, we're all in this together. If we can do anything for anybody, just let us know. Um, we want to we wanna help support each other in any way that we can. So uh, have a great week. Uh, we may be talking to some of you on Zoom calls this week yet, too. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening and be blessed.